Welcome to the 25 Style Eye Podcast with Hugo and Dahlia. No, 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 no. More hype. That one just sounds too, yeah, too monotone. Hype it up. Welcome to the 25 Style Eye Podcast with Hugo and Dahlia. <laughs> no, no, no. Now you sound like, now you sound like Steve Irwin. <laughs> too Aussie, crazy. No, no, too Aussie. Try again. Welcome to the 25 Style Eye Podcast with Hugo and Dahlia. Yeah, huh? that one's good. Yep. Let's use that. Welcome back, everyone, to the 25 Stay Alive podcast. I'm Hugo, and as always, I'm joined by the delightful Dahlia. Welcome, Dahlia. Delightful Dahlia, I like it. Double Ds, except not double Ds. I thought I'd add in a, a little word, so I came up with delightful just, just out of nowhere, but I like it. Delightful Dahlia. How's your day not too bad, not too bad, actually. It's a bit cold and a bit chilly in Brisbane. But when I say cold and chilly in Brisbane, it's probably a, a warm and balmy 30 degrees. 30 degrees <laughs> in Adelaide. Um, <laughs> How, uh, how's your day been, Dahlia? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty cruisy. Got up, ate some leftover Thai food, and uh, now I'm here. Oh, you mentioned <laughs> that leftover Thai food. I literally said to Amber before, I said, we're getting Thai food for dinner tonight. Mate, Thai food for breakfast, Thai food for lunch. I don't care. It tastes so good. So on today's episode, it's just going to be more of a relaxed feel to it. You might have seen our most recent episode. We had the uh, Hump Day Potty, so we're gonna bit of make that a bit of a, a trend. So we're gonna try and release every single week on Wednesday. Break up the week. We're gonna have a Hump Day Potty. Uh, generally, we'll try and get a guest on the show. When we do that, will be a bit more of an in-depth episode. However, episodes like today, uh, they'll be kind of in-between episodes where we we'll basically pick a topic and the two of us talk about that particular topic. So today's episode is centered around comparing yourself to others. Yeah, and it's really interesting after being diagnosed about how people compare illnesses. You know, they'll compare stages of cancer or how many cycles of chemo you have to go through or what kind of surgery you had, how big your scars are, you yeah. know. So it's it's a really weird, weird world to be a part of. You almost feel like you've repeated, I know this sounds ridiculous and people listening probably don't understand it, but you've almost been through this cancer journey and... For example, myself, I got early detection bowel cancer, like fucking how amazing. Um, but then you kind of tell your my bowel cancer story and then you kind of read about people who have had, you know, advanced stage four bowel cancers who have been in palliative care, who have got through it the other side, who have had this, this, that and the other. And it's kind of like, okay, then my, uh, my little bowel cancer story is not as, uh, not as fun as theirs. I don't want people to not talk to me about anything that's going on in their life because they feel like, oh, she has cancer and it trumps whatever I'm going through because it's absolutely, all, yeah, it's all relative. And I think that, you know, someone could be in a full body cast and if someone else breaks their arm, it doesn't make it any less painful. Exactly right. And what might be trivial to one person might be hugely distressing to someone else. I'll give you a great example. I had to go through IVF before I started chemo and I got out of the egg harvesting surgery and I'm sitting there in recovery. And what they do is they draw on your hand how many eggs they um, pulled out because you get some short-term memory loss. And there was a girl next to me. She was all hyped and she was leaning over to me and she was like, oh, how many, how many eggs did you get? And I said, they, they took out 23. And I said, how many eggs did you get? And she goes, oh, I only got seven. I just, well, if it makes you feel any better, I actually have cancer. And yeah. it made it feel pretty awkward afterwards, but it's kind of just like the grass isn't always greener. That's true. That's true. And I love that. I felt like a bit of a bitch saying that, but I was just like, it's, it's, it's just not. And hopefully it's something that she remembers because it's kind of just like you just really don't know what someone else is going through, especially those who are living with invi- invisible illnesses like ileostomy bags. You, half the people 
there would be so many people walking around um, in your life and you would have no idea that they have one. No, spot on. I, I really like that. The whole, it's almost like the behind the scenes of someone's life and what you see someone as doing and it might seem you don't actually know what is going on behind the scenes and you, we never do. Yeah, and no idea. And, you know, well, I guess that's, we can kind of touch on that with, with the social media aspect is that you look at someone's life on social media and more often than not people post the positive moments of their life on social media, like a highlight reel basically on their life. And we kind of look at someone who's in Europe or who's, you know, bought the new car or has just had a baby and who's in a very good relationship. But behind the scenes, you don't know that that relationship, they might really be struggling. They might be going to a marriage counselor or they might, you know, be having lots of other things going on in their life. So just be mindful of comparing your behind the scenes to someone's highlight reel. I think people feel pressured to feel a certain way when they're given a particular set of circumstances. So for example, like I've been diagnosed with cancer and people have expected me to feel negative and to feel sad and angry and stressed. And I think it's interesting to compare different situations on how you think you should feel versus how you actually feel. Yes. It's if you don't have the right networking and support, you just end up showing everyone how you think you should feel rather than how you actually feel. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more is that especially with the the health standpoint and something like cancer close to our heart and the big, big one of that, like you just said, Dahlia, how you should feel and how you actually feel. I think that can fall under the kind of the post remission complexities of kind of what we um, discussed in last episode with Michelle. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, we sat down with a a brave young lady called Michelle Moore. And uh, we briefly touched on towards the end of that episode about how she's really struggling once whilst being in remission. And I can really relate to that is that you should be on top of the world. You've just been told you're cancer free, but you still have this post cancer feeling that you should be feeling this certain way. Like you touched on before Dahlia, but you actually don't feel that way. And everyone kind of your family and friends go, Hey, congratulations. You know, you're cancer free. You know, you must be a relief. And you know what? To a lot of people and to most people, of course it is a relief. You're cancer free but to be mindful of the fact that sometimes you don't always feel the way that you should feel. I think what's been interesting to me or surprising to me is that through all of this, I've really managed to be able to keep my head above water quite, I don't want to say easily. I've definitely had to work on it, but I've, I've, I've been able to maintain it the whole time through chemo. And I think watching other people have a difficult time with it, like I almost feel guilty. I almost feel, Mm. yeah, guilty for not, for not being, more upset, I guess, or not, or, or for, for feeling so good. More yeah, so. it's a very, very interesting point. And I'm glad you raised that, Dali, is that a lot of people probably listening to this podcast might really be struggling going through something like cancer. And they might look at someone like Dali and go, she's just so positive and she's just this, you know, beam of energy and joy, you know, how she's just so upbeat all the time. But we've often spoken about this offline, Dali. It's not just a, a click of your fingers that's just what you decided to feel. It's been taking a long time. And I think you actually said it before. You've almost trained your mind and prepared yourself for this moment, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I feel like over the last two years, I've done a lot of work on my mental health and trying to sort of shift my attitude. I used to be a very judgmental person. I used to be a kind of angry person. If something would happen, I'd sort of hang on to it and I'd talk to Dave about it for like 30 minutes. And then an hour later, I just randomly bring it up again. Like I wasn't able to sort of talk about something 
finish that topic and then just move on. Like I would really hang on to things. So it doesn't just happen. I don't think that I got to this point overnight by any stretch. I feel like the last few years have been really crucial in developing my mental health and sort of creating a foundation mm. for what was what was about to happen to me. It's kind of perfect timing, I suppose, yeah. into the right mindset at the right time. Yeah, and no, I love that. And it's, um, it's, it's like Michelle in her previous episode when she had that sexual assault experience and no one would wish that on anyone, but she said how something like that actually almost prepared her or helped her cope with when she actually had to face her cancer journey. Um, and it's interesting. So for those listening who might be struggling, whether it be cancer or whether it might be something else and they might be struggling and they're struggling to be positive, just remember that this particular event you're going through at the moment, you might not see it now, but it actually is training you for any future adversities that you have. And I'm a firm believer in that, that no one wishes anyone to go through cancer or to have a sexual assault or these types of things. But I'm the first to put my hand up to say my first cancer journey with testicular cancer, in many ways I was a lot better prepared for my battle with bowel cancer. So getting testicular cancer helped me with parts of my bowel cancer and things like that. It's a really great way to look at it, Hugo. And so moving away from the cancer side of things, but still falling under the, the topic of comparing yourself to others. I think we all have a tendency to compare ourselves to others who are doing better or have perceived to be doing better in their life rather than the other way around. If we flip it and go, well, why am I comparing myself to, to that particular individual when I'm currently doing pretty bloody good? If I compare myself to say people who are doing it far worse than I am, who are living in the slums of Mumbai and India and you know, you can, can't even get clean drinking water and don't have electricity or God forbid, have a mobile phone and you know, a car to drive to work yet rather than comparing yourself to that situation, which for some reason we don't do, and I'm guilty of it, I find myself comparing myself to others who are perceived to be doing better than I am. I think there's a difference between comparing yourself to someone or like there's two different ways that you can compare yourself. If you're comparing yourself to someone who you perceive is doing better than you, it's your reaction to that comparison I think that's most important. And so if your reaction is, I want that, how come I don't have it, that's not fair, or... What are that? What did they do to get to that? That I've, you know, I'm inspired by this person. You know, what steps did they take to get that? I think you can't just assume that people just end up with things like you. What what step? What what, what did they work on to help achieve that? Guy? And it sounds really corny saying it out loud, but it's but it's true. Like it really depends on your upon your reaction. But it's true. And look, I don't know. And sometimes I'm 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 trying to work on on these types of things. And we all go through different stages in our life there is no just direct path that we all follow and I think that's also important to realize definitely for me I was comparing myself to all these other girls on Instagram that had ileostomy bags and they were just like posting photos in their bikinis and you know would post all these like optimistic things and would talk about how successful they've been since they've had their ileostomy because a lot of the people that do have ileostomies have had Crohn's and so they're talking about how much an improvement of their life it's been and for me like that just motivated me to feel like I had my mm. body back. Like I felt like something had been taken away from me when I got given the bag. But now I realize like it's saving my life and yeah. I have used it in a way that's, you know, seeing these girls has just made me more conf- made me feel more confident with my bag. Do you think though, in the era of social media, in your opinion, do you think it makes it a lot more difficult, especially like for those, the generation even behind us growing up and just having that on their fingertips of always having these social media influencers who look like they're living this perfect life 
do you think that's detrimental to to us? I think I think that it is, but I also believe that it can be combated by education. You know, social media is is rampant and you know, I'm on my phone all the time and I'm 28 years old. I couldn't imagine how much more I would have been on if I had this kind of device when I was like 14 or 15. I feel like it would have been even more than I already use it now. And so I think that schools and parents need to be educating children about what's online, you know, how to know if a news story is fake, how to understand whether photos have been edited and not to just believe everything that you see online to be true. Things can be doctrined online to make everything look much better than it is. Yeah. We follow these people on say Instagram and it is typically their highlight reel. So they're posting about their new cars and their new vacations and their new holidays and, and their new babies and these types of things, but that's their highlight reel. And so we just sometimes, and I get guilty of it. I put my hand up right now and I do that. I kind of go, I should be at a different stage in my life. I should have that mortgage in the house now, but we don't always realize that there are behind the scenes in everyone's life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, that's how I feel when I feel like I need to use the disability toilets. I feel like I have to be like, oh, I have a medical condition. See here, <laughs> you know, like, here's my bag. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you don't, yeah. you don't, you never know what's going on. Yeah. And I know you also touched on as well, relationships is a big one. Um, you know, these days, and we're obviously in our late 20s, and people listening might be in their, you know, 30s, 40s, whatever. But, also, when a lot of those who are around you or surround you are getting married and there's the pressure of, do I need to get married? And there's people in relationships. And if you're single, you kind of almost feel less worthy because you don't have a relationship or you're not with someone and you start to question. I hate that so much. I, yeah. I hate it too, but you can, see, you can see why. And people kind of go, you know, am I not good enough? You know, why haven't I found the right one yet? But once again, you know, you don't have to compare yourselves to others at their point in life. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's quite relationships, even just like pregnancy or people constantly asking like, oh, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Yeah. Well, you don't know that someone's unable to have children. Yeah, I feel exactly. like it's a very rude question to ask someone, when are you going to get pregnant? Well, you know, some people don't want to have children and that's perfectly fine. I just Correct. feel like, you know, just because everyone else is doing something doesn't mean that you should be doing it. I'm kind of almost the contrary. I'd rather be doing something if everyone isn't doing it. No, I completely agree. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is because I actually have been picking Dahlia's brains with certain things because she's just like so just chilled out and kind of just at peace with her current situation and she kind of focuses on what she can control and those awesome parts, whereas I still get so caught up in things that I probably can't control uh, and I still I find myself very guilty of comparing myself to others. You are what you think. So if what you're thinking about is like why I can't have something or why you feel slighted by something... Like you're not going to be achieving anything at that point. I think working on breaking those cycles. So with meditation, it's so much more than the actual act of meditating for 10 minutes. It's what I, I go to these um, Buddhist meditation classes um, in Glenelg. And so basically the idea is that you are what you think about. And so if you can try to take that 10 minutes per day to do the meditation and to actually clear your mind, then when you go about your day, you have a more controlled mindset and so that way you can sort of be aware of, of what you're thinking about and when you notice yourself thinking about something negatively you can steer yourself away because you're conscious about what you're thinking about mm, yeah i know that sounds a bit complicated no, no. like a bit hard to sort of get your no, head around but that's the general idea that they teach at meditation it's not so much that 
I go there and I meditate for 10 minutes and I feel Zen and then that's it. Yeah, It's yeah. more about the principles of it. Absolutely. And it, it, it comes down to the whole mindfulness space and it's, it's, you know, the whole, the mind is so powerful and often we, we neglect the mind being so powerful and it is linked to so many other facets of our life, if not well, every facet of our life. And, and if we don't, if you're feeling stress and you're thinking that you're stressed, your body has a physical reaction. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just that vicious cycle. And it's all based on your thoughts. Like you become stressful because you're thinking about whatever it is that's making you stressed. And it's a kind of another, another thing which I was just kind of thinking about then is I think finances. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful and wanting money and living a very comfortable life. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that at all, but often we get so caught up in it that it's detrimental to everything else or the other things that probably should matter in life. I, family, you know, relationships, those types of things, because we get so caught up in wanting more. We always want more, but then more is never enough. So we always want more, but more is never enough. And what I mean by that is that look at a phone, for example, when you have a crappy little phone and you want the latest iPhone 10 or the latest, or the latest Samsung or the latest Google Pixel, when you finally get that phone, right, it's the best thing in the world. You literally feel like it's amazing. This phone's so good. Oh my God, I can't, can't believe how amazing it is. But you don't realize that feeling you have goes very quickly, very quickly. Before you know it, you just get so used to your phone. And guess what? You see something advertised on TV and you go, oh, I want a new phone. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day. It's called 99% Invisible. I highly recommend it. And the guy mentioned, he, he, they call it psychological obsolescence. So it's when you convince yourself that you need the upgrade. Yeah, right. And it's, it's, a, it's a marketing strategy that a lot of major companies have. They make you feel like you're going to be inferior if you don't have the next thing. Correct. You're going to feel ashamed of your car because it's a 2013 model, not the 2019 yeah. model. And it's like a psychological thing yep. that, that the media and the advertisement agencies are just honing in on. And it, yeah. again, it, it's all psychological. It is. And I, I, I can, I can see that. And it's, you know, something as small as a phone, but it can relate to everyday life. We always want more, but more is never enough. And that could be a thing like your house. You could have this new house that you got. You've kitted it all out in this cute little house you got. And then someone across the road has got this buddy mansion. And all of a sudden you go, oh, all of a sudden I feel that my house is a bit less. And you live in that house for a couple of years. And guess what? You want to upgrade to the next house. You want to upgrade to the next car. And so we always think in our current situation we're in, we always want more because it will relieve our current situation and make us happier. But ultimately, will it actually make us happier? Is it going to change how often you can see your family? How often you can see your kids? Is it going to change your health? Um, is it going to affect the major things in your life? Or do we just want that because we compare ourselves to others who might have that? Truly. So, look, Amen, you yeah, sorry, I just went on a little bit of a tangent. But look, I'm, I'm passionate and I'm... I'm whether, it's relevant, it. whether it's relevant to this episode or not, it's still very interesting. It is, no, look, it is. I think it, it all falls under lines of ultimately comparing yourself to people. So um, I think it's, it's hugely, hugely relevant, hugely important and something that I'm personally really trying actively to work on. So, so look, that's kind of the, um, the little nugget type of episode, whatever you want to call it, um, that we've done this week um hopefully you got something out of it look and we'll just finish off with a i suppose what we've got coming up and next episode our next installment of the guest episodes is a amazing uh lady called heather heather hawkins and we'll i won't give too much away but basically and you about to hear me correctly here she's 54 she's just completed 
522 kilometers running in 10 days. That's 522 kilometers in 10 days. And every single day, she devoted a day to a young adult living with cancer. And she wrote their name on her forearm and listened to their playlist. And that kind of inspired her and got her through. And she'd raised about, I think, over $10,000. Um, for this amazing, amazing uh, foundation called You Can. So she's an amazing woman who's just doing incredible things. And she actually had ovarian cancer herself when she was when she was forty. And so we're going to get her on the show and basically talk about her journey and what it was like meeting these young people ranging from fifteen to I think twenty nine, all living some terminal cancers, and what it meant to her to actually complete this uh, ten marathons in ten days, which is incredible. Can't wait to meet her, talk to her, hear her story, ask her how you run. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. And the crazy thing. I want to ask about her support team. I want to ask about her training. I know, definitely. Like, I'm really excited for this episode, and I, I've got all these questions too. And quick, like she said, in 2012, so not that long ago, she did her first four-kilometer fun run. So she said, it's not like she's always been you know, a marathon runner all through her whole life. Only That makes me feel great. That's so, so good. It's awesome. She, yeah. So she said she did this little four kilometer fun run with her kids. And then she just set herself these goals. And every year she's wanted to do something bigger and better. And, um, and it, yeah, literally she only got back, I think, you know, recently a couple of weeks ago from this amazing, amazing 522 kilometer, 10, 10 marathons in 10 days. So it's incredible. What? I know. And the, I think the main thing which I'm really keen to explore is the reasons why she did it and how powerful it is. And she just came up with the reason, the idea of every day running for someone who's doing it a lot harder than she is. And I think that is so powerful and something we can all take away from this episode and definitely from next guest episode with Heather is that when you think you're doing it tough, there's always someone that doing it that's doing it a lot tougher, which I love. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode. We can't thank you enough because if there weren't anybody listening, we definitely wouldn't be recording. So thank you to everyone who, who's tuning in every week. And we'll see you all next week for episode number 15 with Heather. 15? Jeez, we're getting along, aren't we? Thank <laughs> um, everybody. My voice just broke so hard, man. I'm putting that in, by the way. <laughs> You've been listening to the 25 Stay Alive podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify to get fresh new weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 25 Stay Alive. And feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.